The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Wednesday, the 5th of April in London. Coming up today, not guilty. Trump pleads innocent as historic trial begins. First day, Sergio Amotti returns as UBS CEO to manage the creation of a new Swiss giant. And Bernard Arnault's fortune tops $200 billion. Business lobby in trouble. Ten Railroad defends QE and Macron is heading to Beijing. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leah. Plus homes nowhere near the hammer. UK properties are taking twice as long to sell. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. On Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories we're following today. Donald Trump pleaded not guilty in the first trial against a former US president. He has been charged with using payments to bury damaging information and boost his electoral prospects in 2016. The Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg held a press conference laying out the case. Donald Trump, executives at the publishing company American Media Incorporated, Mr. Cohen and others agreed in 2015 to a catch-and-kill scheme. That is, a scheme to buy and suppress negative information to help Mr. Trump's chance of winning the election. Bragg speaking there after the hearing in New York. Prosecutors said that Trump's, quote, irresponsible social media posts were also a threat to the city as well as potential government witnesses. For his part, Donald Trump held a rally defending his record. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. The former president speaking to supporters in Mar-a-Lago. The court case comes as Trump continues to seek re-election and he has sought to portray the case as politically motivated. Now, UBS CEO Sergio Ermotti returns to lead the bank through an unprecedented merger starting today. It comes after Credit Suisse's top team met shareholders for their last annual general meeting yesterday. Chairman Axel Lehman gave detailed remarks on the failure of his bank and an apology. 
We stand here today in a situation no one could have anticipated. It's a sad day for you and for us too. I can understand the bitterness, the anger and the shock of all those who are disappointed, overwhelmed and affected by the developments. In that fateful week in March, our plans were thwarted and for that I am truly sorry. Credit Suisse's chairman, Axel Lehman, speaking there, Vare Translator. UBS have their own AGM later today. Their board facing questions on how they plan to integrate their former rival. And now to some central banking news. The Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester says that interest rates should not just, uh, should not just go above 5%, but that they should stay there for some time. I plan to remain diligent in setting monetary policy to return the economy to price stability in a timely way and to be judicious in balancing the risks so as to minimize the pain of that journey. Mester there speaking at a New York University event. She added that she doesn't expect policymakers to cut interest rates this year. Here in the UK, business confidence is making a slight comeback in the first quarter of the year. That, according to a new survey, Bloomberg's Ewan Potts reports now. The survey data from the British Chambers of Commerce shows stubbornly high inflation is weighing on spending decisions and adding to costs for companies. The findings are a headache for Jeremy Hunt, who needs economic growth to boost tax revenues and help bring down government borrowing. Some 52% of businesses surveyed thought their sales would rise over the next 12 months. That's up from 44% in the previous quarter. But only just over a third saw sales tick higher in the first three months of this year. The survey was done before Hunt's budget last month, which attempted to encourage business investment by offering a three-year tax break to firms. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. And now to geopolitics. Emmanuel Macron will meet with Xi Jinping in Beijing alongside the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. Uh, this will be during a three-day visit to China that starts today. She is courting the French leader as he tries to create some distance between Europe and the US in their approaches towards Beijing. Unusually, Macron will have extensive time with Xi, including a trip outside of Beijing. And uh, speaking of France, Bernard Arnault's fortune topped 200 billion billion dollars for the very first time, according to Bloomberg's Billionaire Index. The French tycoon uh, behind the luxury goods powerhouse LVMH saw his net worth increase to just over $201 billion yesterday, a record high. So he joins Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos as the only billionaires to have ever reached that milestone. LVMH's stock price is at a record after announcing last month that it would buy back as much as $1.6 billion of its own shares. OK, those are a few of our top stories then uh, for you this morning. Um, so at 9am, uh, UBS will be holding their own annual general meeting after the Credit Suisse uh, AGM yesterday. So we're expected to hear from the chairman, Colm uh, Kelleher, who will be speaking also uh, Ralph Harmers as we see the first day uh, of uh, this new CEO job actually now going to Sergio Amotti, of course. Lots of lots of questions. I'm sure there'll be plenty of questions from shareholders. It's really their day, isn't it? Um, you know, how is UBS going to manage the integration of Credit Suisse? Uh, questions also about the Attorney General probe, uh, possibly about plans for the Swiss business or any uh, board changes are expected. Um, basically, what does all of this mean for shareholders? And surely uh, there will be a big question mark too about, you know, 
how successful is this integration going to be and uh, you know how much should investors stay invested in UBS as this kind of uh, difficult moment begins really. Uh, I'll be speaking to Manus Cranny later on this morning who is in Basel and is covering the UBS AGM. So that is key uh, for market watchers I think today in Europe. But also I like this story Zoopla um, about UK house prices. Almost not a day goes by without me mentioning this but anyway an average of 35 days now to agree a sale of a UK home last month. That's according to the Zoopla figures. Um, It's about 15 days longer than it took uh, last year. So that's a bit uh, kind of gloomy. In London, it's taking about 41 days to sell a property versus 28 days in March uh, 2022. So that shows you how much longer it takes to actually sell your home. On the other hand, the bright spot is that Zoopla thinks that the forecast of 2023 is a bit better, um, that uh, that you're actually going to see more homes changing hands uh, next year so that there'll be actually a pickup in terms of sales but it is taking longer at the moment to sell uh, a home or, or property in the UK. Okay um, those are a few of the stories that I'm thinking about now I want to get more details though about the 34 charges uh, laid against the former president Donald Trump after his appearance in a lower Manhattan court. Trump pleaded not guilty to the charges of falsifying business records at his company relating to a $130,000 payment that his former lawyer Michael Cohen made to the porn star store me Daniels. Joining me now for more is Bloomberg's Derek Warbank. Derek, thank you so much for being with us today. So what is at the heart of this case? Because I played a little bit of the district attorney there talking about, you know, what what is at the centre of this case against Donald Trump? Well, thank you for having me. The basic facts of this case are uh, in, as, as alleged, are pretty straightforward. The prosecutor is suggesting that Donald Trump paid hush money uh, in a sort of shell way to keep damaging information about himself uh, out of the public sphere ahead of the 2016 presidential election. Uh, the idea is that the um, there were incorrect uh, statements on uh, his business documents and Uh, intentionally so, and that that was in aid of covering up something else. You put those two things together and you get to the felony indictments, uh, the felony counts, rather than just sort of one at a time being uh, a bit of a misdemeanor. But the whole point of this, I think, not in the legal technicalities, is that you do have the first former president to be winding up in a courtroom in this fashion. Uh, All the while, he is currently the polling front runner in the Republican uh, race for the presidential nomination and in a process that is quite likely to stretch out through the year and maybe into next year as well. And that does not count other uh, uh, investigations that are currently Mm. going on into uh, former President Donald Trump that are not necessarily running concurrently with this, but are running on their own schedules. Yeah, I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? What has the Trump uh, team said, the lawyers, but also Donald Trump him, himself again? You know, he, he had a rally in Florida with his supporters. But what do you sort of pick out as m- the most important statements from them? Well, I think that the Trump campaign has, and, and I've covered Donald Trump since the start of his political aspirations, this is a this is uh, somebody who has enjoyed and thrived 
they believe in the center of the political discussion. Donald Trump mm. does not like to campaign on the fringes of anything, and this is keeping him uh, front and center. They've raised a lot of money, several million dollars since the indictment uh, first got reported. Um, and Trump was uh, was everything you've come to expect from a Donald Trump appearance uh, at at Mar-a-Lago. He he vocally denied uh, the charges. He said that, uh, it, that it was political in nature. Um, you know, so 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 there was a lot of yeah. there was a lot of that there. And I should also mention that Trump also denies the underlying allegations, not just the charges, but there's the affair and all of that um, as well. Yes, yeah. Well, and I just want to. Um, sort of make that point then fading popularity versus fundraising I mean I thought it was quite interesting that one of our reporters picked out that trending on Twitter yesterday was actually not Trump but it was Greta Gerwig's new Barbie movie um, and so that perhaps you know is is the former president maybe fading on the other hand as you say huge merchandising loads of political fundraising it seems on both sides going on related to this well, I think that, you know, Trump is certainly right now the polling frontrunner for the Republican presidential nomination. And indeed, mm. we've seen his polling support actually increase a little bit since the uh, uh, since this sort of stuff started picking up. And that's really, really important, because if you're if you're sort of looking at Donald Trump's trajectory, right, the uh, presidential primaries in the Republican Party start next year in about February or so, and they proceed through for a couple of months. Whoever wins that process gets to take on Joe Biden, most likely, uh, in the presidential election in 2024. So whether someone, you know, whether Donald Trump is 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 relevant by metrics, he's on track to uh, achieve that. Now, yeah. there are a host of other Republicans who are looking to stop him and and be president, uh, the presidential nominee themselves. Nikki Haley's declared, Asa Hutchinson, the former governor of Arkansas, has declared. Uh, Ron DeSantis is the big name that's out there, the former or the, the current governor of Florida, who uh, has not yet signaled his intentions, but looks like for the world like he's going to run. They all have to sort of contend with this story as they're trying to launch their own campaigns. Because, again, you're, you're not just trying to say, don't vote for this guy. But in a multi-person field, you're trying to say, vote for me as well. And. So Donald Trump right now, you know, all the oxygen's on him. And so it'll be mm -hmm. really interesting to see how Republicans play this. So far, yeah. there has been, honestly, quite a lot of support for, for Trump from among elected Republicans. Yeah. Uh, OK, so this is something that we will continue to watch. Derek, thank you so much for being with me this morning. Bloomberg's Derek Warbank there uh, on uh, former President Donald Trump and his appearance in court in Manhattan yesterday. Thank you so much for being with me. Coming up next, business lobby in trouble. Tenrero defends quantitative easing and Macron heads to Beijing. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. 
Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the paper review on Bluebird Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Gaines joins me this morning in the studio to discuss the newspapers. Let's start with the Financial Times. Uh, so the CPI cancels events as pressure mounts over workplace misconduct. Tell us more, Leanne. Yes, indeed, Caroline. Good morning to you. So as you say, the CBI has cancelled all of its events, including its prestigious annual dinner, which does happen in May. Now, the FT is reporting that the group is battling to reassure British businesses that it will take allegations of rape, sexual harassment and other workplace misconduct seriously. Bloomberg is reporting, Caroline, mm. that the new allegations do not relate to Tony Danker, the Director General who has stepped aside following unrelated claims. The Guardian newspaper said it had been contacted by more than a dozen women claiming to have been victims of sexual misconduct at the CBI. The FT and the Times newspaper this morning are reporting that several big companies are now reviewing their membership while others are privately trying to distance themselves. And this really comes as they wait for the outcome of an investigation into these allegations which were first which were first reported by the Guardian newspaper. Mm. And just a few of those companies raising concerns are Rolls-Royce. It said the allegations were deeply concerning, adding it expected real action from any findings. Marks and Spencer said it had written to the CBI Interim Director General, who is Matthew Fell, to seek assurances that the allegations were being taken seriously. But Caroline, yeah. one top executive at the CBI, a member of the company, said the reluctance of some businesses to quit the organisation was because there was just no alternative to the CBI. Yeah. So this is where we stand at the current moment. Okay, very interesting to understand what's happen happening at the Confederation of British Industry then, which is Britain's largest business lobby. So it is a hugely important story. Thank you for tracking that for us uh, through all of the newspaper and Bloomberg reporting on the subject. We'll keep you updated. I think that's the most important thing I want to say to listeners on that front. Um, now, The Telegraph. Our money printing spree did not cause inflation crisis, Bank of England insists. Yes, indeed. Caroline. So Silvana Tenrero is insisting that the billion pound bond buying programme that was designed to prop up the economy during those COVID lockdowns has just been completely misunderstood. Now the BOE policymaker says the money printing spree is not to blame for the double digit inflation, Caroline, that we are currently living through and we're feeling in the shops, aren't we? Yeah. And yes, yeah, speaking at an annual conference yesterday, 
She really argued that rising inflation has been caused by external shocks, which we've heard many times before. We've even heard that echoed from the BOE governor, Andrew Bailey. And she says things like the war in Ukraine was unexpected and is really weighing on the global economy. But critics of QE argue that it risks pushing up inflation by overheating the economy. And Mervyn King, the bank's former governor, has described liberal use of the policy as an intellectual mistake. So he's been speaking to the paper and this is exactly what he says. The BOE faced accusations of printing money directly for ministers. And Caroline, as I said, that was during the COVID crisis. Remember the furlough scheme that came in to keep people in their jobs at a time when they couldn't come into offices and things were just... So unsure around the whole economy. The thing is, this is the debate, though, in terms of... you know the government and and around the Bank of England about you know whether QE is inflationary or not. I mean, look, UK inflation currently is at ten point four percent. You got people like the Bank of England's chief economist Hugh Pill, um, who gave a speech yesterday. You know, worrying about the self sustaining momentum of headline inflation and you know what does that mean? Yeah, I think that is uh, important and interesting that te- is Tenrero defending uh, that policy, of course. Um, um, and just one yeah. thing, Caroline Bloomberg reporting also covered Tenrero yesterday. But they really focused on the fact that she's the central bank's most dovish policymaker and is warning that the UK is facing a significant inflation undershoot after the BOE boosted its key lending rate to 4.25% at its most recent meeting. Now, we must also note the central bank, this was their 11th straight hike. So we're also seeing these really Mm. high prices when it comes to interest rates. Yeah, no, look, May definitely still seems on the cards for another rate rise. Uh, This we don't often touch on Le Monde, but uh, they say that Macron emphasises business ties during visit to China. So I'm really interested that you brought me a lovely French perspective. I often actually listen to the Le Monde podcast um, and uh, they've got a piece on on Macron. What's their view? Le Monde. Yes, Caroline. I feel (laughs) like we've not covered this French newspaper, but it's got such an interesting story. As we know, after three years of China's isolation, and that was due to COVID, Caroline, there were restrictions were just so strict, weren't they? Mm. But now it appears that business is firmly back on the agenda. So the French President Emmanuel Macron, alongside European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, they're making their first trip to China since 2019. And if my maths is right on the spot, that's a first in four years. Now, according to the French newspaper Le Monde, politics will be at the top of Macron's agenda. But one thing that's going to be of utmost importance is French business. Mm. So after meeting with um, the Premier Li Qiang and President Xi Jinping, Macron will meet with Chinese investors in the south of the country. Now, according to Bloomberg reporting, the plan to meet a world leader at a second location outside the capital is really rare for the Chinese President Xi Jinping. He normally reserves such honours for close friends like the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, according to what Bloomberg is saying. Mm -hmm. And apparently Xi Jinping is going to be pulling out all the stops for Macron as the leader tries to create some distance between Europe and the US in their approach Mm. towards Beijing. So that all happening today, Macron and Ursula von der Leyen heading 
capture China. Yeah, and they're going to arrive and land there actually in the next few hours, we think. So it probably will be within our time uh, here this morning on Bloomberg Radio. No, it's interesting though that by saying that Macron and Ursula von der Leyen are going together, it's, it's as if they are getting the same status, but you kind of detect that they really are not. Ursula von der Leyen gave that speech only last week, sort of quite critical of China. So it's definitely the state visit for Macron rather than Ursula von der Leyen. And he's the one who's getting all the FaceTime with, with Xi Jinping. You and know, he's also taking a lot of business yes, along yeah. with him. And that but also... That's, that's, the, that's the point of tension, though. How much is it about business? How much can it be about politics? Um, I mean, it's, and, and the issue of, of Russia's war in Ukraine, China's... Um, support, tacit support for it. That's, that's yes, because we know that Xi Jinping has met mm. with Vladimir Putin, yes. which is something that the world really kind of was a bit, you know, yeah, what is happening here in relation to the war in Ukraine. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions surrounding this. Okay. But like you said, Macron to get real FaceTime with Xi Jinping. So we're going to see what that all means. And I think he's there for about three days, which yeah. is quite a long time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story, about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth, and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.